We have got a lot to talk about today on edition number three of the Spider Insight Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Along with Matt McAllister, I'm Bob Black. Glad you found us today as we approach two weeks to go before the start of the 2019 season. All right, we do have a lot to get to today. We've got a really special guest, a voice you are very familiar with. We will introduce you to him in just a couple of moments. But, Matt, let's get it started with the action on the field for the Spiders. They had their first scrimmage of the fall camp the other night. What did you hear about it? Neither one of us were there. Full disclosure, as we mentioned last week, we were on our way up to Green Bay to do a feature piece on Alex Light. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the Spider Insight Podcast. But what are you hearing coming out of scrimmage number one? Well, you know, Coach Huseman joked that uh, the scrimmage would be better than the spring game, and I think it definitely lived up to that. Uh, I think the coaches were happy uh, with what they were able to get out of that scrimmage. We were talking off air, and it it was kind of like the NFL uh, way of doing it. And that that first scrimmage, you know, Maurice Jackson, Daniel Jones, Trent Williams, uh, even Charlie Fessler only played – 15 snaps or so, uh, and then there was a chance for coaches to get a lot of the younger guys out there, get a lot of playing time in game-like situations, uh, especially for those freshmen, those redshirt freshmen. uh, Got a lot of action out there, and they were able to see them in different situations. Uh, They put them in some different uh, high-pressure situations and wanted to see how they would react. So I think the coaches were happy with what they were able to see, uh, happy with what they were able to get out of that scrimmage. Uh, and you'll, I think you'll see a little bit different scrimmage uh, come up on scrimmage number two. I think we will talk a little bit about the quarterback competition because that's what everybody wants to talk about. But one of the position groups that I think has really been good so far before the season starts and needed to be is the offensive line. If we're going to talk about the quarterback, no quarterback's going to be great without a really solid offensive line. I think the couple of kids who played those four games last year really benefited from that. And this offensive line, while it may not be quite as deep as the coaches would like, it does seem like it's way, way better than it's been in the past couple of years yeah you know uh, last year obviously was very thin Mm -hmm. especially once those injuries hit Um, but I think uh, they returned six offensive linemen that have started at one point in their careers uh, for the Spiders you know you talk about those two freshmen uh, last year freshmen Joe Moore and Foster Singleton that really took advantage of that four game uh, NCAA rule that allowed them to keep their uh, freshman eligibility. Uh, they played four games, and they played four games in meaningful spots, getting starts uh, and and playing lots of snaps. Uh, so you have those six that come back that have a lot of experience. I think they have uh, the desire to be very good. Uh, when you talk to all of them uh, as the boss hogs, you know, with Coach Ross, uh, I think uh, they have a chance to be a very big bright spot. Uh, you know, behind them, there's a large group of freshmen, and they are all big, <laughs> and, and they all are athletic. Uh, so it, it's a lot nicer. We were talking uh, today at practice when you look down the offensive line. It, it's a large group that you see down there, uh, whereas last year it was maybe six, seven guys that were only healthy. Uh, so now you're up to you know 11, 12 guys down there, uh, all healthy, all getting a lot of work in. Uh, So I think that is definitely an area that uh, Spider fans will see a lot of improvement in. Uh, From that scrimmage, it was reported that Bo English seemed to take some steps forward at that quarterback position and seemed to play well. Uh, And now very important couple of weeks coming up, obviously, for all of the quarterbacks, but particularly, I think, for him and Joe Mancuso. The two of them seem to have inched a little bit ahead. I'm not trying to speak for the Spider coaches or whatnot, but just out of the scrimmage, the two of them really seem to be getting a grasp for what the coaches want. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, th those two definitely seem to have taken a little bit uh, farther step. I, I know they're still all four of the quarterbacks mm -hmm. are still getting a lot of reps mm -hmm. in practice. Um, but judge, judging from that scrimmage that those two have seemed to take in that next step uh, in that competition, uh, yeah, Bo had a, a really good first time out. I'm sure he was really excited uh, to be in a game situation. It, it's been a few years uh, since he was able to be in a game situation. His first pass w w was a long pass uh, to Ben Maffey. Uh, that probably got the juices flowing for him a little bit there, and but I think you know Joe Mancuso did really well, especially in that two-minute drill. I uh, was able to move the uh, spiders down and get that mayday game-winning field goal at the end of it. Uh, you know, which another bright spot, Jake Larson. Uh, well, I think he hit five field goals in in that scrimmage, including that 51-yarder uh, in that mayday situation, running onto the field with the time expiring. We haven't talked very much about the defense in that scrimmage. Maybe we'll take just a moment to do that now before our guest settles in because he was a defensive player for Richmond, and I know he's going to talk a lot of defense with us here on our Spider Insight podcast. But just a quick thumbnail of what you heard about the defensive play in the scrimmage. Yeah, I think that that definitely was the area where you were able to get a lot of those you know younger guys, uh, more experience. Uh, in, in those game situations, uh, especially in that secondary when you didn't have Trent and Daniel only played, you know, a handful of plays. So uh, those safety positions, you know, the Aaron Banks and the Tyreek Funderburks were able to get out there uh, and get a lot of uh, playing time out there. Uh, so I, I think they were really excited with what they saw, uh, some bright spots, definitely some things to work on. You know, Coach says there's always things to work on, especially this far away from that first game. Uh, so I – the biggest thing they got out of that is they have film that they can watch, that they can break down, uh, and they can take that uh, film work and, and take it into the practice field and get better. All right, with that said, let's introduce our guest on today's edition of the Spider Insight Podcast. You should know his name and his voice, former Spider captain, former all-conference standout for the Spiders in that defensive secondary, and now my partner on our Spider TV and radio broadcast, and that's Chris Anderson, who joins us today. He had an opportunity to see Tuesday's practice, so he can reflect upon that as well. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Ready for year number five for you in the Spider broadcast booth. Year five, call me old school. I'm ready. <laughs> um, it's been a good five years, uh, Some some playoff runs. Uh, a couple, a rough season last season. So, you know, getting a little taste of everything. Uh, looking forward to this season. You got a taste of practice. You were out at Robbins Stadium with us Tuesday for the morning practice. What were you looking for? What did you see out at practice Tuesday as we're just a little bit more than two weeks away from kicking it off for real? Yeah, I think I came in looking for a couple things. I think, uh, number one, you know, a lot of new coaches on the coaching staff. So just kind of walking around a little bit, just trying to get a feel of the energy and, uh, and you know, how they're approaching it. And I, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Russ is still uh, – Coach Huseman is still the head coach, and you can tell he, he's passionate. He likes passionate coaches around him. So you can see that. So I saw no drop-off there. But, uh, you know, maybe I'll spend a little bit more time and just see if I can, you know, see any differences in the coaching styles and, and little nuggets here and there, talk to some of the guys. But I thought that was good. I thought uh, other than that, uh, specifically, I really wanted to take a look at the offensive line. Uh, I just think this could be a breakout year for them. Um, a lot of guys thrown in the fire last year, just ugly situation. We had a young like young guy trying to get him four games in under the new freshman rule, and now it's just uh, I think this could be a breakout year, so uh, go time for that offensive line, particularly with the, the you know the the backs we have behind them. I think we have some great backs running behind them. Kind of talked about those running backs. 
Uh, you know, there's four that have been out here, you know, showing off really well in, in the fall. Uh, just talk about, you know, what you saw in the short time about uh, the running backs that, that makes you excited for the year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Goodall, everybody wants to know how he's going to be after the injury. So he, I thought he moved well. And um, what they got the new nickname, the Juice Crew. I could see it. Uh, they make big plays here and there. I just like the way they were bouncing around. And uh, and you can tell anytime you've got a room with that much talent in. You've got Milan Howard. You've got Aaron Dykes. You've got uh, who, who else? Devin, it was Campbell. Devin Campbell looked good. So anytime you've got a room like that, man, it's only one ball. So, A, you, <laughs> a, you got to compete. you got to compete for your touches. And when you get a chance to, to get a carry or to get a catch, you got to do something with it. So I think that energy – there's something positive about that that just does something for the room. I think you see it in the defensive back room as well. Well, that's where I was headed, my friend. Let's talk about a different group of backs, the one you like the most, and that's defensive backs. I know you saw a lot of competition out there in the Tuesday morning practice. Yeah, I love the competition. Again, if you, if you, you know, you're fighting to get on the field and you got to make plays. And that's just the nature. That is the life of a defensive back. You're out on the island. Yes, you have to communicate. Yes, you have to do this and that. But at the time, you know, you're not going to – every play is not coming towards you. Every ball is not thrown towards you. You have really a limited number of plays where you can make an impact on the game and uh, positively or negatively. So you got to take advantage of that. I like seeing, you know – You've got your, your, your transfers coming in. So uh, we've got Feimster. Uh, we've got Roland Williams coming in. It was good to see them compete. Feimster, I, got, I think, got an interception in one of the drills down here. I saw Roland Williams with a big hit. What I've also been impressed with is your Marcus Vincent, your Noah Nicholson. Those are two guys I've been kind of big on uh, the entire time. Marcus Vincent, I, I say it all the time, he's got a FBS like talent and, and body and ability. And uh, it's just kind of making making plays on the ball. And, and we've seen just – just plays and moments, just sparks where it's like, man, he's he's going to be special. So I'm ready to see him put it all together. And then Noah Nicholson, I just think he's got a nose for the ball. A- ever since he's been here as a freshman, just watching him in practice, he has a nose for the ball. And uh, just something scrappy about him. And uh, from what I understand, he's a weight room warrior too, pretty strong. So I think that's uh, you got to feel good about that, man, at the corner position. And then uh, you got Trent Williams, Daniel Jones at your safeties. Uh, so those are guys with experience, with confidence. We were talking about Daniel Jones. I love the way he just he just looks like that FCS senior captain. Like if you had to 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 kind of write it out, he just looks like that guy you remember when he hit the field and he's got all that excitement and he's young and he's making a play here and then he gets beat. And he makes another play and then he gets misses a tackle. And now that was a, that was him as a freshman sophomore. Now you see him, you know, coming along uh, that junior senior year and you could just see the maturity, you see the leadership, uh just the playmaking ability. So excited for that whole group. I'm looking forward to uh, to big things from them. You know, the one thing that kind of stands out when you're going through that is all those guys have game experience now yeah. and, and have a lot of experience uh, playing the positions that they're going to play this year. Just talk about, as a defensive back, having that game experience and it's not being your first time out there. You know, you've been through this before. Yeah, I just think, you know, monitoring the nerves and I think also, like, down and distance, understanding, um, you know, wh- when they're going to try to – when they're going to do – you know, whatever they want to do, when that offense is going to try it, you know. So there's certain things they want to run on second and long, certain things they want to run on third and long. And so I think for me, I remember really starting to understand formations, uh, tendencies, and um, and then just understand just how to read a, a receiver, what they wanted to do based on formation, lineup, um, all that good stuff. I think in the beginning you hear it and the coach is talking, you're taking it all in. But as mo- the, uh, the longer you're on the field, you, you take those things and you put it together. And it's just um, when they, you know, the old the saying about the game slows down, 
don't know if it ever slows down a defensive back, but you can see more. You can see right off the bat. I remember lining up like, yeah, okay, it's third down. They're going to run the screen here, okay, you know, what I mean? <laughs> or or this is coming. It's second and short. Everybody knows second. You're going to take a shot deep. I'm going to be ready. And um, and, and you know, there was no surprise. So I think game experience is big. You can't beat it. I think the freshman rule. You know, some of these guys getting four games last year is big time, and uh, we'll see how big of an impact that's going to be this year. Man, you make it sound so simple out there. You know what's coming. I don't know about (laughs) seeing it and making the play is a whole (laughs) other thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. I'm going to make the play. You know, I'm still 5'8". Sometimes those receivers are still 6'3". You know what I mean? So it's a different different animal. But, um, you know, again, but even that's part of game experience, you know, because maybe as a younger player, you know, 5'8", 6'3", Maybe the gap wasn't quite as big as high in high school, so you're going to go with the, go for that interception. You know, you start to learn. Okay, this is a situation where I might want to knock the ball down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or it's fourth down or third down. You know what I mean? We or fourth down. We want the ball up here. Just little uh, things like there. I'm going to knock the ball down. Um, you know, I think another big thing for me, a defensive back, is hey man, you're 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 second, third guy in, which is it can happen from time to time. If you're coming from the other side, we need to be going for that turnover. I was I was going for the strip. You know what I mean? If if the guy looks like he's going down, I'm going for the strip. So those are things that, you know, you start to come with. You know, I look, I see Daniel Jones and watching him in practice, I can see those things. Like, okay, the tackle is going to be made. I'm the third guy in. I'm not just going to jump on the pile like as a freshman and jump up and whoop and holler. <laughs> I'm going in to knock that ball out. Let's, 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 let's change the way, the flow of the game right now. Speaking so. of turnovers, Russ Huseman has made it very clear Whoever has the lack of turnovers is going to be the guy who's going to take the ball from under center, who's going to be the quarterback. What did you see from the competition of the quarterbacks when you were out of practice? Um, I saw maturity and, and just look. Joe looked very comfortable to me. Uh, so Mancuso looked very comfortable, so I like that. Uh, again, kind of thrown in the fire last year. Uh, ran the ball a lot, mm-hmm. right, but could toss it when he needed to. I think, I think the interceptions are deceptive. Um, there were definitely some bad throws here and there, some bad decisions, but a lot of times that had to do with where we were in the game. You know, if we're down by 20, we're down by, you know, whatever, three scores, and everybody in the stadium knows you have to throw it uh, on every down, you know, and and you're you're taking some risks, doing some things you wouldn't normally do. Of course you're going to throw a few picks, Um, but I think, you know, leadership-wise, I could just just see the growth and maturity. Um, When I look at Bo English, you know, I, I see a spark. I just see the way he's hopping around, he's jumping around, he's ready to get in. Um, I don't know. There's a leadership quality I get from him right off the bat. Um, so, and I think he's ready to make his mark. You know, you're a superstar, Demathy. You go out of Air Force, and uh, you know it just doesn't work out for you. You come closer to home. Family's going to be able to be here at the games. Like those are the things that sometimes everybody else doesn't think about, man. But you can see he's got a little juice in his step. It's a fresh start. So and uh. And I think I could see it. You know, we didn't. I didn't get a chance to, you know, watch him run straight down the field for 40 yards. But you could tell when somebody has that juice to make somebody miss and take a short run and, and, and take it 50. So uh, I think the first couple games, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think we're, it's going to be the Bo and Joe show. I think we're going to see both of them on the field. And uh, and I would definitely, I would agree with that. I would, if I'm the coach, I'm going the same way. I want to see, you know, who's going to stand, who's going to make a difference, who's going to. Uh, kind of take a step from the from the pack or from the other quarterback, and, and really that's going to come down to like those special situations, those third down situations, those goal line situations where we got to make a play. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, but I think I feel pretty good. 
Yeah, and this year you you have a few names to learn on the wide receiving core. Uh, you know, we, it's been well documented. We lose our top seven pass catchers from last year, uh, but. While their names that uh, some of the Spider fans are going to have to learn, I think it's a very deep room, uh, you know, highlighted uh, by Charlie Fessler uh, and Keaston Fuller, the two uh, FBS transfers that have come in. Yeah, uh, chance to watch them a little bit. I mean, Fuller's the real deal uh, in terms of speed. Uh, I think in, in our offense, what we want to do and, and, and the way we want to go about it, I think everybody would like to have that, but I think in the style of offense we run, we need that that receiver who can take the top off. I mean, we had Cortrell Simpson last year. And then I think you also want to be able to have, uh, you know, that maturity, that receiver who just knows how to get open. And I see that in Fessler right now. He can he can run the deeper routes. He can run the shorter routes. He can run the intermediate routes, right? He's a big, thick guy. And uh, sometimes, you know, the smaller receivers don't want to – they don't want to deal with that middle. They don't, they don't want to <laughs> catch that, that cross or that curl at 10, 15 yards kind of in linebacker zone, right? <laughs> so uh, I see that in him. So I think that will be a, a big combination. A bunch of young guys um, who, again, with the freshman rule, got some plays, got some time on the field last year. And, uh, you know, we'll see who steps up. I mean, I like Ben Maffey. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like a lot of these guys. So, uh, Jeremiah Brown. So, we'll, we'll just see who kind of who kind of steps up. I, I'm always looking for, like, that third receiver. Um, I think that's, that's something that we need to find and see who that's going to be. And I think um, – I don't know. I think with, the, with four backs, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, one of those receivers – getting a lot of catches out of the backfield as well. I would love to get the – you know, if I'm a quarterback and, and it's not there right now, how about getting it in the flash to and, uh, Aaron Dykes or, or, or Mylon Howard and letting them go? You know, so we'll see. We'll let you go on that, but come back in about two weeks. We'll see you in the uh, broadcast booth when the Spiders open it up against Jacksonville on that Thursday night here at Robbins Stadium. I'll be, I'll be back. Lights will be on. Juice is flowing a little bit. I'm ready. Uh, next to the legend, Bob Black. So, so we'll be ready to go. And, uh, and between now and then, just try to get into as many practices as possible. I'd love to spend a little more time with these coaches. And uh, they seem geared up and ready to go. So we're excited. All right, Chris, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, now it feels like football season to have everyone back in the radio booth. And I know you're excited to meet the uh, new coaches. And I'm sure you're going to be impressed with what they have to bring to the table this year. A lot of excitement, and I think fans who came to the first scrimmage probably saw that as well. They bring a lot of new ideas, but also a lot of enthusiasm to the sideline and up in the booth as well. Uh, there is another scrimmage, though, coming up. If you missed the first one, they will have, what, one more before they get into their actual game week preparation. Yeah, this, this Friday they're going to have a scrimmage uh, Friday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, they had one scrimmage at night to simulate a night game. They're going to have one scrimmage in the afternoon to simulate an afternoon game and, and to play in the heat uh, to kind of get their bodies used to that as well. So uh, Friday at 2 o'clock they'll have another scrimmage out here, and they're kind of treating that as a game day. So uh, they have the same report times as, as on a game day, going through treatment and, and doing all those things to lead up to a game. So this is kind of a dry run uh, for the team. All right, I do have a question, though, for you, Matt, uh, and it is important to those of us that broadcast the games and certainly to the fans as well. In looking at the Spider preseason roster and watching them on the practice field, the numbers don't always seem to be correlating right now with the players and some numbers might be missing. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the great uniform number caper here at the University of Richmond and what's going on with that. Yeah, the, the the numbers on the roster are the numbers that correlate with their game uniforms. Uh, you know, in in the scrimmages they're wearing their practice uniforms. 
Uh, and if you were out early in, in the fall camp, uh, the guys were wearing all their correct numbers. Uh, but we had some practice jerseys that have started to get a little ripped up, a little mangled. And uh, about a week ago, Coach Huseman said, if, if you have a ripped up jersey, I don't want to see you out here anymore. I don't care if it's not your number. Uh, we're going to get you a jersey, a new jersey uh, that looks better and might have a wrong number. So Ben Maffey's wearing number seven. He's really going to be 13 during this season. So it is a little confusing uh, for people. Every once in a while I'll get out there and I'll say, Who's, who is that until I see their face uh, and be able to tell? So it ke keeps you on your toes a little bit, but it, it's more about uh, coach doesn't want any ripped jersey or any piece of equipment ripped out. So it's also an injury concern because one of the players' jerseys was ripped down the front and someone got their arm caught in it. So I uh, definitely uh, want to err on the side of caution and, and make sure uh, they have a, a good jersey on there and the, the equipment is, is sound. It's good, too, because in case we have any of those enemy scouts trying to peek in, they'll be very confused. They won't know who's who on the Spider roster. Yeah, they'll keep looking down there like I did for about a half of a practice trying to figure out who number 11 on defense was until I realized that was Marcus Vincent yes. wearing number who's number 12. Uh, so it does keep you on your toes a little bit. Um, but once they get into game situations, uh, everyone will be in their regular game uniforms and, and their correct numbers. So let me ask you another off-the-beaten-path question that has nothing to do with uniform jerseys, but you mentioned the nickname of the offensive line earlier, the Boss Hogs, and now we know the running backs like to go by the Juice Crew. Are you going to have to come up with a nickname for every position group on the team, Matt? My hope is that all the position groups already have their own nickname, <laughs> and then I can just steal that from each one of them. Uh, but those are the two that we've, we've found out so far. We, we've known the Boss Hogs for a while. Uh, the Juice Crew, which was when we did the running backs preview, we, we found that one out as well. So I think uh, each position group has their own identity, and then they definitely latch on to that. So uh, when you hear the offensive linemen break it down at the end, it's, it's Boss Hogs. And you hear the running backs break it down, it's the Juice Crew. So I'm sure each group has their own identity. Do they have their own nickname? Well, that'll be something we'll have to find out throughout the year. Yeah, let's find that out. That's a lot of fun. I think it would be fun to refer to each position group by the nickname that they come up with. It's their own identity. Well, well, speaking of the Boss Hogs, one of the former Boss Hogs, who's now in the National Football League. We had an opportunity to visit last weekend. We mentioned this on the podcast last week that we were going to be heading up to Green Bay and had a great opportunity to watch a couple days of Green Bay Packers practice and all the uh, pomp and circumstance and traditions that they have up there and get an opportunity to catch up with former Spider standout offensive lineman Alex Light. I mean, I think it was just a really neat experience. Uh, if you've never been to Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, I think it is an experience uh, to take part of. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing that a town, a, a city, a town that small has an NFL franchise. I mean, it just goes to show how much it's not even just that city uh, embraces the Packers; it's that entire state, you, you know, embraces the Packers and. Uh, you know, that stadium is, I think, 80,000 people, and, and that's probably almost the size of the regular mm -hmm. population of Green Bay. Uh, so it was really neat just, you know, being part of that and seeing how much those fans uh, were in it. And then getting to catch up with Alex Light, uh, who is in his second year with the Packers and has really started to, you know, get a stranglehold on, on a roster spot. You know, he is the backup left tackle, and he's trying to be that swing tackle uh, where he's going to be the backup left and right tackle. And if he can kind of, you know, solidify that position, you know, and stay healthy, uh, you can make a good career out of that. I think he's in a great spot on a couple of fronts. He is behind two veteran 
NFL tackles, one of whom's an all-pro tackle, and their lockers are right by his, so he spends a lot of time with the two of them, and they're certainly giving him as much veteran information and experience as they can pass along. And then secondly, you talked about the town of Green Bay, and it really is a town, not a city. I think that fits Alex Light also. It's in his comfort zone. He's from a small town in southwest Virginia in Salem. He even mentioned that to us, that I think um, he's in the right place at the right time there in Green Bay. Yeah, it really just worked out perfectly for him. I think he had uh, one other opportunity, one other place he could have chose to go to, but Green Bay kind of fits him, kind of fits his mentality. That that offense probably fits him a little bit better. Uh, but it was kind of funny when we were talking to him, how was that first time uh, you lined up and Aaron Rodgers was under center? You know, what were you thinking? And the first thing he came to his mind was, don't step on him. I don't want to hurt him because otherwise I'll be cut pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, he was referring to last year, but I think if it happened again this year, the same thing might happen. And that hasn't been happening. And we did get a chance to watch him working some with that first group with Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. He was primarily at right tackle with Rodgers in the first team, and then he moved over to left tackle with the second team. Yeah, he definitely uh, has been getting a lot of experience in that uh, first preseason game. Uh, he started, uh, played a lot of snaps uh, for them. And, and like I said, he is just uh, finding his way on that team uh, and is becoming an important piece on that offensive line. All right, we, you, have put together a couple of video features on Alex Light from our trip up there. Where can our fans find those features if they haven't seen them yet? Yep, they can find those features on richmondspiders.com and also on the Spider Football uh, social media accounts. Uh, there's a couple of different features already up and uh, probably be able to get another one out of uh, the stuff that we've we were able to shoot up there. We got a lot of access um, from Alex Light and it gave us a lot of great information. So we just want to share with all those Spider fans so they can uh, follow another Spider in the pros. All right, and wrap it up. Remind our Spider fans again about the scrimmage coming up Friday here at Robbins Stadium. Uh, Friday, 2 o'clock here at Robbins Stadium. Uh, in, in the sun and in the heat, uh, the, the Spiders will get ready for uh, you know that August 29th, one of, which I'm sure will still be warm. A full report on scrimmage number two coming up on next week's edition of the Spider Insight Podcast. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Bob. For Matt McAllister, Bob Black saying so long for this edition of the Spider Insight Podcast. Hope you can get out here Friday for the scrimmage. We'll talk all about it on next week's edition of the Spider Insight Podcast. So long, everyone. 